0: Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about common breakup themes. Margaret has now been doing the coaching with me for probably over a year or so now, right? Right
1: about a year, yes.
0: And uh, obviously she's been in practice uh, locally for three, four hundred years now. Yes, that's right. And uh, she's got tremendous amounts of wisdom. (laughs) But today she wanted to kind of reflect and talk about some of the things that she's noticed now that she's been doing breakups, right. mainly exclusively.
1: Yes. Um, so kind of what I've learned from you, and thank you so much for being as open as you have been, but I kind of put those things together into themes, and if it's okay, I will continue with that. Love All that. right. right on. um, one of the first things that's obvious is every time there's a breakup, the person who's broken up with almost always proceeds to beat themselves up brutally and for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, And it's an irrational reaction. It's, I'm not good enough. Uh, my partner didn't think I was good enough. They want to find greener pastures. What's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? And then people tend to torture themselves by going over and over yeah. and over conversations and situations and interactions Wondering if I had said something different, if I had done something different, would we still be together? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not useful. And usually that's not where the problem really was.
0: You know what's crazy is that sometimes a breakup can just happen over a series of events, just a few events. Right. Yeah can lead to a relationship falling apart.
1: Yeah, a death in a family, um, another complication in somebody else's family, just a sequence of events like that that no one can control can happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I found that too.
1: Sure. Um, But as human beings, we tend to blame ourselves immediately. And the last thing you want to do in the face of a painful breakup is beat yourself up. It's the least helpful thing you can do. Yeah. You know, you need to remember your strengths, and many of the good things that your partner said to you while you were together, it sounds like instantly they didn't mean it after they broke up with you, but that's not the case. And they may have given you very good feedback.
0: Yeah. Okay? Well, I, I think that for uh, some people, you know, you're dating somebody, and this, for me, probably happens more, this is just my opinion, okay. when you're dating an avoidant. Uh-huh. I feel like the avoidants are more likely to make you feel like it's your fault.
1: Yes, I think that's absolutely true. Or if you get with someone who's a tad narcissistic, they can tell you very articulately how it's all your fault. Yeah. And you're feeling bad enough at that point that you may take in some of that. And if you're used to negative feedback, you will for sure take in some of that.
0: And the other thing that I think about that is, if you feel like it was your fault, you feel like you can do something about it to fix it. Right.
1: Exactly, and it's a way—it's a way of holding on to there's something you can do about it. Because if it was your fault, of course you can undo mm-hmm. it. I agree.
0: No, yeah. now of course, when you work on yourself and you better yourself, you're obviously going to give yourself a much better chance at turning it around, yeah. re-attracting them, right. and right. showing a new side of yourself that they didn't think you were capable of. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And
0: and the best part is. You do the work, it's going to pay off.
1: No matter how it pays off. That's right. That? Well, if will. you
0: don't get them back or get another opportunity, you're still going to have tons of people that would love to date this new version of yourself. I'm
1: sure you will. I'm sure you will. Certainly what's abundantly clear is I don't think I've talked to a single person who hadn't learned from watching us About the attachment styles, and who find it so useful to at least begin to think about the relationship. Absolutely. So, that was a stroke of brilliance on Coach Craig's part in the beginning to kind of build the theory around the three attachment styles. I think it's worked really well. Yeah,
0: yeah. It has. And once I figured it out, my whole life changed, and everything, the world seemed much more understandable. Right. Like people just became so much more more understandable. understandable.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I haven't had anyone say with say to me, you people are crazy talking about an unconscious mind. Not a soul has said that. So I'm very happy to hear, because life is, again, easier if we understand that we have an unconscious mind. Mine plays tricks on me now and again. I'm sure yours does too. Okay?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Now, why did I do that? Oh, yeah, my unconscious must have wanted a vote here. Okay. Um... The thing that people find the most difficult in breakups is that someone who said wonderful, loving things to them for however long they were together seemingly suddenly breaks up with them. The shock and the hurt makes them feel like the person never really loved them. How could they have if they could break up? Uh, Which is often not the case. Sometimes people break up not because they really want to, but because they feel for whatever reason that it's better for one or both parties. Yeah. Okay? People break up for a multitude of reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: There's so many reasons. so many
1: reasons. But sometimes people think if they don't like themselves very much, or perhaps sometimes accurately, um, I'm not such a good person. You are a good person. I don't want you to have to deal with me. That has been known to happen. Yep. Okay? So it doesn't negate all the good things they said to you and all the positive feedback that they gave you. And I kind
0: of feel, this is just my opinion yeah. again, that women say that to men more. That when a man treats them good, they're like, I don't deserve you.
1: I don't deserve you, yeah. I happen to have heard more of it from women, but...
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so, who knows? Um, but in any case, not everybody breaks up with you for the reasons you think... One of the other things I've heard frequently, and please share your thoughts too, Craig, is people who have recently divorced, you know, may want to have a relationship, and that's absolutely fine. But oftentimes I think people think they're farther along in the grief process than they really are. Oh, yeah.
0: This is big.
1: Yeah, and I've heard lots of times that, you know, They've gotten into a relationship, and things seem to be going just fine, and then all of a sudden, they break it off. And what I've heard behind that is that there are guilt feelings around not having paid enough attention to children. And what the person will say in the breakup is, You know, I have three children, I've neglected them, I need to pay attention to them, so I can't have this relationship. And it really doesn't make sense that it's going to be I take care of the kids or I'm in a relationship, because oftentimes the partner would support them in paying attention to their children. But I've heard this one often, that the two get set up in opposition, either or. And I don't think it has to be that way. I agree. Yeah. Also, people who are recently coming out of a divorce are extremely sensitive to anything that sounds the least bit controlling. Yes. Okay? Yes. And I think we've seen some people make that um, error as well. Um, If you come on as controlling, whether you're a man or a woman, that'll be the end of it. Yeah. Because they're probably still bickering with their partner over property and...
0: they've just come out of this long-term commitment. That's right. And now they feel free. Yeah. And they like that feeling, but they're scared to be too free because they haven't been free for a while. Right. So they want to be free, but they kind of want to date somebody new because they don't want to be completely alone. Right. But then you try and cage them.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's it. They're going to fly away. Or expect the relationship to move quickly. And I think that's the issue. Uh, It's moving quickly that causes the most problems, I think. And when you feel like everything's going great and it's almost magical, it's easy to let that happen. But take your time. And I can think of someone specific I talked with two or three weeks ago where the relationship was actually going quite well, but she was quite frustrated that it wasn't moving at what appeared to be a normal, normal pace. And I think it couldn't because I think he had too much undone business even literally you know with legal things and and kids and all that. Oh yeah. So but if so if you're in a in a relationship with a divorcee don't push it to move quickly. You yeah. will. Yeah.
0: You're going to wind up getting an Applebee story. I can tell yes, you that you from yeah. personal experience. Yes, you
1: are because she was yeah, yeah, in the middle of a divorce, yeah. yes. And, and okay. I didn't understand
0: all this stuff back no, then. I know. But now that I see the breakups day yeah. in and day out, I look and I'm like, god she just wasn't ready for something no. like long term again. That's right. She wanted. She didn't get a chance to be young and be free and, and, be, and have go out. fun and have yeah. fun. Yeah. Not that I'm not fun. No,
1: you're wonderful <laughs> fun. But she had been tied down with a child very early. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and because one of the things that I have found, Margaret, and this is an interesting thing, um, if you got into a relationship when you're 25, mm-hmm. and then you're with that person for 10 years. It feels like the person re- reverts back to 25 after the relationship oh, ends. of course.
1: Yeah, you go back to where you began. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. To so sort of begin again.
0: And so now they want to be young and yeah. be, you know, that young 25-year-old, yes. whatever yes. age it was that they got yeah. into the relationship. Right,
1: right. Yep, they go back to that. But then they usually snap back to real grown-up hood quite quickly. Exactly. That's the good news. Yeah, yeah, they
0: do. But it does take a couple sure, months. Sure, but you know, want to go least... back
1: there and have a flingo right ahead. Yeah, yeah.
0: but it does take some time. I mean, yeah, It I, really does. Yeah, I hate to put a number on it. I'm trying to think of a number, but I really yeah, don't want really, to put a number no, on you it. No, you
1: really can't. But just if you're in a relationship with a divorced person, don't expect it to move along at what might be, for you, a reasonable rate. Exactly. Because it can't. All right, I want to talk a little bit about borderlines again. I also want to say that I did the presentation on dysfunctional families and I, was, I have been just thrilled at the number of people who have referred to that as helpful and who clearly understood what I said. So that's terrific. And I will repeat that at some point because I think it's extremely important.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. Now, people who have borderline personality, and it's usually um, a diagnosis applied to women... But it can be applied to men as well. Witness the current news story of Pete Davidson. Is it Pete Davidson? Yes. Who just broke up with the oh, singer, yeah, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Yeah, yeah. And he has been diagnosed as a male borderline, which it appears he is. I mean, he has cut himself. He has been hysterical over the breakup. He hasn't done anything wrong, but he's done things that say borderline. So men can be borderline as well as women although I think it's been more commonly applied to women Um, Pete's probably been watching the channel I hope he has. (laughs) Hi Pete if you're watching us.
0: Sign up for a coaching with Margaret
1: yes that's right I'll straighten you right up Um, and because the people who have borderline personality disorder it's a fairly early developmental arrest Yes. when you have an enormous need to be loved that's when the development mental arrest is, and abandonment is a huge issue. But the people who come from the dysfunctional families usually have poor boundaries. And remember, a boundary is kind of the the ring we have around ourselves, our protective wall, whatever you like to call it. I like the turtle analogy. He has his built in. Turtles have their boundaries with them all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have weak boundaries, then you can get intimate in a relationship, extremely Quickly, because you don't have anything to fight through. You're not well defended. Hmm. Okay? You can become vulnerable very, very quickly and easily. And I have had many men say to me, I don't understand it. I've never felt so close to anybody. That's because, you know, it it wasn't hard to get close to her. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, the other thing is, borderlines fear abandonment, but borderlines also fear being smothered. So if you get close very quickly, almost magically, to a borderline woman, and then she starts to feel smothered like it was too much too fast, she will break up, leaving the partner flabbergasted because everything seemed to be magical. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had people use the word, it seemed to be magical. Mm -hmm. I felt so close with her. So again, I think the message is Try not to move too quickly. Absolutely. But it's so easy and so tempting. Okay? Yep. Yep. But I have felt very sorry for some of the, particularly it's been men, who are just flabbergasted because they have no idea what happened. And I had somebody say to me not long ago, she was one of the most what I liked about her was she was one of the most open people in the world. If you asked her how she was, if you wanted her to, she'd tell you her whole story. And what I said to him and God bless him, he understood it, that was great for you getting to know her, but it's not great for her because she's too vulnerable and too subject to all kinds of things happening to her. Yeah. You know?
0: It's so, a great point.
1: Yeah. So it was, it's great for the people around you, but it's not good for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any others? I have one more comment, and that is um, communication. Every article you read about couples says communication, communication, communication. But nobody particularly wants to tell you what you're supposed to say. <laughs> All right. So I'm still looking for an article that really does a good job at telling us what to say. What do you say after you say hello and how was your day? Yeah. You know, um, What kinds of things do you need to communicate about? On a surface level, there are all those things of what we're having for dinner and did we pay the light bill and all those practical things that you have to deal with, particularly yeah. if you have children. But what do you say on an intimate level? Yeah. You know, I still think you're cute. That would be good. Um, but there are all kinds of other things you want to share, like some of your innermost emotions and so forth and so on. But we're gonna, I, what I want to tell you is we're going to go back to that because I feel like we haven't found anything that, that co- becomes as specific as I would like it. Yeah. Okay? So I want you to know what, I'm going to continue to work on that. Um, one of the things I always ask people is Did people in your family of origin communicate? And people say, Oh no, as if the only obvious answer would be no. Yeah. Okay. Well, did people have dinner together? Well, sometimes. Did people talk at dinner? No. When people came home from school or from work or whatever, did people come in and, and did they have conversations with other family members? Sometimes, but not often. Did anybody ever mention an emotion or how anybody felt? One woman said to me, Oh my God, no, never. Um, and on the same idea. Was she Irish? Probably. <laughs> the Irish notoriously um, have difficulty stating emotion. Um, and lady, I know because my family is part yes, Irish. Absolutely, <laughs> I was talking with a woman today uh, who was with an Irishman. I said, "Oh, do I understand what you're talking about?"
0: Want to take a guess what my father complained about? That his father never talked talk, with him yeah. ever. Never, never. And one, my, one night, my dad and I had a I don't know 20, 30 minute talk. On the car while I was driving, and he says, "You know, this conversation—I never had one of these with my father, not one." That but isn't blew it me away.
1: wonderful that we had general, you know, progress here? Yeah, yeah. That he was able to have it with you, and he knew it was important. Good yeah. for him.
0: But it, it, incredible though.
1: It is incredible that people don't communicate with each other. People want to have families, but they don't communicate with yeah. each other. Um, anyway. Um, I had somebody tell me one time something extremely insightful and loving about their partner, and I said, you know, have you ever said that to your partner? And she said, I didn't know you could say things like that to other people. It was sort of like, I know how he feels from his family, and this is how he feels. And I've been trying to do this to make him feel better. And she was absolutely right on. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't it have been nice for him to know that, that she had gone to the trouble of thinking it through, figuring out what to do, and implemented it. But it didn't occur to her that you could do that. Um, So I'm still working on this one.
0: Still working. Still
1: working on it.
0: It's a work in progress. And
1: that's what I have to say.
0: All right. All right. So, of course, when you want to get our help personally... Just go to my website, AskCraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is also available for Skype coaching. Please feel free to sign up with me. But that's it for this video. I'm
1: Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.